Colin Stevenson of Newsday is back on the show to talk Peter Laviolette, Will Cooley, line combinations, and perhaps most importantly, will he continue to use jersey numbers when he tweets out the line combinations on game night? All this and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 915 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so... As I just mentioned a second ago, going to be joined indeed by Mr. Colin Stevenson. Does an awesome job uh, covering the uh, Rangers for Newsday. I know a lot of you follow him on Twitter. You know, you see the videos that he posts and uh, obviously read read the articles that he writes as well. And you know what? With no further ado, let's just go ahead, dive right into it. Uh, enjoy our talk with uh, Colin Stevenson of Newsday. All right, and so with no further ado, let's go ahead and welcome in our very, very special guest for today on Locked On New York Rangers, Mr. Colin Stevenson from Newsday. Uh, Colin, you know, we did this once in the past, but we've come a long way since then. You know, we got video and everything now, and uh, I, I know you're really busy this time of the year, so I really do appreciate you, you making some time to talk some Ranger hockey with us. Um, so first of all, welcome back to the show, but... Uh, you know, secondly, I figure we might as well start with Peter Laviolette. Obviously, a uh, big storyline of the offseason once we knew that uh, Gallant wasn't going to be back. You know, who's the coach going to be? And they go with Laviolette. And, you know, obviously you've been there, you know, training camp and, and the practices and everything. So um, can you kind of just give us a feel? You know, we, we we read your articles. We see your videos on Twitter. But um, what, what have the vibes been like, you know, from the Rangers uh, at practice? And how do these practices compare to the Gerard Gallant era? Well, I, first of all, I, I think that, there's been a there's been an enthusiasm um, in camp that's I don't want to say it's unusual but I think it's a it's a little bit um, more noticeable um, I would say this camp and you know listen they get a co- they get a new coach every two years it seems right I mean I started in in 2018 and and uh, Alan Vino was the coach and you know and so then he was gone and then David Quinn came along and then. And then he was gone. I mean, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. And then, and then Gallant came and was here for two seasons. And so, I mean, you know, and, you know, every couple of years they get a new coach. And, and there's always, um, you know, I suppose, uh, you know, a balance that you get with a new coach and everybody wants to impress the new guy and all that. But I, I do think that there's a, there was a vibe in the, in, in the room this time where uh, guys, I feel like, uh, you know, really, we're looking forward to doing this, and it, and it is different. It is different. It is more, um, you know, stylistically, it's it's a different kind of training camp. It's a, it's more, um, uh, you know, intense. Uh, should we say? I mean, it's faster moving. Um, you know, he's had longer practices. Uh, he's had more physical practices. Guys have gotten banged up and dinged up in practices, and Mika Zibanejad got hit. Uh, in a intra-squad scrimmage, and it cost him, you know, probably playing in his first preseason game. Um, uh, but, you know, the coach is like, look, you can't be afraid to get hurt in a practice. You know, I want guys to go all out. I want them to block shots. I want them to do things, you know, because his philosophy is 
that you you know you don't turn it on like you don't you know he talked about playing more of a playoff style in the regular season because you can't play one way in the regular season than when you get to the playoffs, which is a different style of hockey. Just flip the switch and start doing something different. So he wants them prepared to play playoff hockey by kind of playing playoff style hockey in the regular season. And similarly, I think you don't want to kind of cruise in the preseason and then turn it on, you know, on uh, October 12th, you know, when the regular season starts. So he wanted guys to, to play, um, you know, with a little bit more energy and urgency. And, um, and so like the practices were higher tempo and, and uh, you know, and, and, and it was harder on guys, but I think uh, for the most part, I think guys relished it. Um, I feel like, you know, with, with these coaching changes, what you, what you see oftentimes is, you, you know, you have one type of coach and, you know, that maybe is effective at the beginning and after a while it kind of loses effectiveness and now the guys want a different type of coach. And so this guy's a different type of coach than Gerard Gallant. I think Gerard Gallant is a guy who played in the league for many, many years. And and I think he, you know, from that standpoint and from that perspective, you know, maybe he, you know, wants to save guys legs maybe he realizes that you know it's, i don't want to say it's like an Allen iverson type view of practice but <laughs> but you know I, I think he wants to say you know he doesn't want to burn guys out in practice right i mean he wants yep. to save guys legs and, and you know his 82 games come in and um let's just kind of get the work in that we need to get done and, and not kind of um overdo it in practice whereas this guy kind of feels like you know you're going to play the way you practice and so let's practice hard so it's just a different philosophy i know people are are making a lot of it um and you know it's different is it better I, you know i guess we'll see i mean galant did pretty good in this first first year um and even in the second year they lost in the first round but they had 100 plus points so i mean you know i don't i'm not you know I, i'm not gonna make him out to be the worst coach in, in, you know, in, in the history of the game or anything like that. I mean, um, this is just a different kind of guy and a different kind of style. And, uh, and, and we'll see, you know, if he has different results. Yeah, for sure. You know, with Galan, I mean, obviously it, it felt like the players were kind of, um, you know, maybe looking for a change, like you mentioned at a certain point, um, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you just want a different style of coach, but I mean, Hey, Gerard Galant took a team that, everybody thought was rebuilding to within two wins of the finals. And even last year, a little more inconsistent, but everybody thought they could make a run. And uh, unfortunately it, it just didn't happen, but you know, Laviolette's here now. And uh, one thing that he's been doing, Colin, is he's been uh, in, you know, throughout these preseason games and throughout the training camp. And he said he was going to do this. He's been kind of mixing and matching when it comes to line combinations and, um, and defense pairings. And you had an article not too long ago that I read where you had a, uh, five things that the Rangers, you know, basically have to do to have a, have success this season. And one of the, your big keys was Artemi Panarin finding chemistry with a centerman. And you know, th there's some talk right now. Do you, do you load up the top line and put him with Mika? Do you keep him with Trocek? Do you give Hedl a shot on the second line? Um, what do you think the Rangers are going to end up doing there? And just based on what you've seen, is there any of those three centers that you think just works best with Panarin that, that just kind of clicks the best? Well, um, so the one we don't really know about is Hedl. It looks, it looks based on the last couple of practices, um, you know, after the last preseason game, like Hedl missed most of the preseason, played in the first preseason game, then missed the rest of the preseason with an injury. Uh, but he was back um, for the next two practices, and he was with Panarin. So judging on based on that, I'm assuming 
that he and Panarin are going to start the season together. Um, and that's the one where we don't know. Like, we haven't seen it. They played together briefly um, last season, but I think it was only a couple of games, two, three games, and then something happened. Somebody got injured or, or, or they lost a couple. You know, whatever it was, I, I'd have to go back through my notes and look at it. But I know it was only – it was a very short, uh, short-term thing. So we haven't seen that. And I think, um, you know, based on what he's, he did last year, Heedle has showed that he, um, he deserves more ice time and he deserves to, to be counted on more and given more responsibility. And, you know, the, the thing with, uh, you know, Panarin had great uh, magic with Ryan Strom, but he didn't have that same kind of magic with, with Vincent Trocek when Trocek came in. So, you know, they played together most of last season, and it was uh, it was okay. I mean, you know, Panarin got his 90 points and then led the team in scoring, but they didn't, he didn't click with Trocek the same way he clicked with Stroll. Um, and in the times when he's played with Mika, which was at the start when he first got here for, I think it was seven or eight games, um, and times, you know, um, over, the, over the years, he's had brief stretches where they've played together, you know, never for too long it hasn't caught fire immediately. And so I think it's time maybe to try a heedle. And, you know, there's, there's a thing too, where you wonder if, I don't want to say they grew up in the same part of the world, but they're both European, right? I mean, Panarin is, is from Russia and heedle is from, you know, uh, Czechia. Um, so maybe there's a similarity there in terms of the way they learn hockey and, and maybe a style, maybe they understand each other a little bit better. You know, maybe Trocek is more of a straight line, you know, go up and down the middle kind of guy, whereas Panarin's sort of a pull up at the left, you know, top of the left circle, look for cutters and, and that kind of thing. Um, and maybe, you know, Heedle's game is going to fit with that a little bit more naturally. Um, Heedle is a goal scorer. I mean, I talked to him at some length um, early in camp about the possibility of playing with Panarin. And, and uh, you know, he he's aware that, you know, Panarin's the playmaker on his line. So if, if Heedle is the center and he's playing with Panarin, you know, Panarin's the one who's going to be looking for him. So it could be, you know, it could mean a lot of goals for, for Heedle, and, you know, and he's he's not afraid of scoring goals. He likes scoring goals. So, yeah, um, shoot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see if that works. I mean, I think that, the, you know, the only thing that you always worry with Heedle about is can he stay healthy, right? I mean, the only thing that's held him back in his first um, five years, I guess, has been, an injury here and an injury there. And, um, you know, he's, he's had an injury in training camp and missed, I think, 11 days or so. I don't know what the injury was. Um, but he's back, and hopefully he starts the season healthy, and uh, and we'll see how it works. But, no, that's, that's I think, where we're going to start. And, you know, it is a long season. It's 82 games. It doesn't mean that they're going to play 82 games next to each other. I mean, you know, you, you'll see, you know, the lines will get um, changed up at some point during the season. Um, but the, 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 the thought is that maybe they won't get changed as often as they did when Gallant was running the show. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and you, while we're on the subject of the second line here, obviously, uh, sounds like maybe we'll go with Heedle, you know, uh, Panarin and Heedle. And I think the top line, 
Um, you're pretty much looking at Kreider, Mika, and Kako there, and that's kind of what I've been pushing for, you know, doing uh, recent episodes here. So we might as well just uh, complete the top six here. <laughs> second line, second line right wing, you could make a case for Wheeler. You could make a case for maybe Lafreniere. I know some people were a little down on him because he struggled in the preseason. Maybe even Will Cooley has a chance there. I mean, any thoughts on, on who could round out the top six there for the Rangers to start the season? Well, it's it's been Cooley in the last two practices, um, yeah. which is uh, – you know, is a, is a sort of an indictment of Lafreniere, I suppose. I mean, Lafreniere came in on day one. He was he was with Mika and Kreider on that top line, right? And uh, um, you know, and he and he looked fine in the in the practice before the preseason game started. You know, but he just didn't didn't show much in the preseason games themselves. Um, and so it appears as though for now, and again, it's just the start of the season. It's you know, it's it's one game, and and we'll go we'll go off of that one game. Um, for now, it looks like it's going to be Cooley, uh, which would be interesting because Cooley is a left wing and he's, he's basically been a lifelong left wing. And so now he would be switching to the right side, um, which is something, of course, that, you know, Laugh was being asked to do. Um, so we'll see how that works and, and how long of a look that gets. Um, but, uh, yeah, as of right now, it looks like that second line is going to be Panarin with Heedle and Will Cooley. And then Lafreniere has been working the last two days at left wing on a line with Trocek um, and Wheeler. So, you know, again, you know, nothing's ever written in stone in these sorts of things, but I think that's the way they'll line up on opening night. Yeah, that sounds good. I've got at least one follow-up question on Will Cooley because I know Ranger fans are really excited about this, not even really expected to uh, to make the team. I mean, obviously he had a shot at it, but maybe a little bit less than 50-50 uh, coming into the training camp. And, Obviously, he took the bull by the horns, and uh, Colin, we'll get to that in just a second. But first, uh, we got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying your tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Set the view from your or see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices, show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without the hidden fees. Buy tickets in two seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so we are uh, talking with Colin Stevenson here, and, and Colin, we we started talk about Will Cooley a little bit there, and um, you know, obviously, Ranger fans rightfully very excited that uh, he's made this team. But you know, I'm wondering because again, you're at all these practices and seeing all these games and everything, and um, you know, what was there like a point where you started to think like, yeah, Will Cooley's going to be on this team. Like, like what was it that, that kind of made him stand out uh, throughout the training camp in the preseason here in your estimation? Well, I, I think he had a really strong camp from day one, right? Uh, he and Brennan Othman both had strong camps. Uh, and But the odds were against them because they didn't require waivers to go down. And they were the only two, you know, when they got down to 25, it was like, okay, um, He's got to make. He's got to cut two forwards, and uh, these are the only two guys who can go down without clearing waivers. Um, so, I, I will say, I was I was never sure. I mean, I always thought right up to the end, I thought it was 50-50. But I think you know the last two preseason games, 
and again, Cooley, Cooley and Auckland both played strong, both had strong camps. Maybe Auckland faded a little bit more. The last two preseason games, Auckland ended up on the fourth line. Cooley was on the third line. He scored a goal in that game against the Devils. Um, he played uh, another strong game the next night uh, against Boston uh, at the Garden. Um, had a had four shots on goal, which was uh, second most on the team. Mika had five. Um, so I, I just think he was strong the whole time. And, you know, we, we were debating it actually among, among the reporters as to whether he would or would not make the team. And some people believed he would and some people believed he wouldn't. Uh, and I really didn't know which way to go. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's earned it. He deserves to be here. Um, I feel badly for Johnny Brodzinski, uh, who was the player that, you know, got sent down at, at the end to make room for Cooley uh, because Brodzinski had also played well. You know, Brodzinski, uh, you know, had come to camp um, as sort of one of a bunch of guys that were battling for that 13th forward spot. And, and it looked like he took the early lead and he – Really was very forceful. He played the first four preseason games, and very was was very good. Um, and I thought, you know, we all thought he had earned the job, but then Cooley was just, you know, never never let up and and was just there. And I guess when they, you know, they had a, when they decided to carry Cooley, they had to, you know, move somebody else out of the way, and that and that was Brodzinski. So I feel badly for Brodzinski, but my suspicion is, you know, he's he's the kind of guy who's been he's been up multiple times. Um, in the last two years since he's been here. They think very highly of him. Uh, they know that down in Hartford, he can be a leader for the young guys down there. I think he was their captain last year. Uh, so they know that he'll go down, he won't pout. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll do what he needs to do, and he'll play, and he'll, he'll help the organization in whatever way he can. And then uh, when they do need to, to bring someone up, you know, he's, he's always a guy who can come up and, and, and fill a spot. So, um, so there's that, but but yeah, no, I, I think uh, I was on the I I really didn't know I was I was in the dark and I was in suspense right up until the very end with with Cooley. Yeah, it's interesting uh, you mentioned Brodzinski there too because I, I said similar things you know on other episodes of this podcast. You know, he's somebody that just works his tail off. I, I think he's got a decent amount of speed, and you know, it's weird. I, I feel like at a certain point, sometimes players can kind of get labeled as like NHL AHL swingmen, but. Yeah. Um, just kind of a bad break for Brodzinski that Will Cooley showed out the way that he did because, I mean, Brodzinski, I feel like he's an NHL fourth-line player. Like, like I feel like he could play in that role and, and do just fine, you know, for the Rangers or, or really any team. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's right. I think that's true. Um, and, and, you know, fortunately for the Rangers, nobody claimed him when he went through waivers. He cleared waivers and was able to go down. I mean, um, it's a good guy to have in your organization because you know if you need somebody, you can go get him and, and he'll step in and, and be good for you. Um, but you know, th this is their team now. Uh, I think, you know, they, when they came into camp, I think we didn't have very many questions, right? I mean, like we pretty much knew the top 12 forwards, I want to say. And then the question was, who was the 13th going to be? Well, Will Cooley kind of forced his way into the 12. So now somebody that was in that top 12 has become the 13th player and, and, um, you know, we don't know necessarily how that's going to go, if that's going to be a guy who's in the press box for 82 games or, you know, if he's going to play once in a while or if it's going to be a matchup thing. And, you know, as as, as uh, uh, Laviolette was asked about this, you know, you know, how are you going to work that extra guy? Is there going to be a rotation or, or what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't know, man, because basically things change. And they do. Things do change. You know, a guy gets dinged up and can't go, so somebody else has to go in. 
a guy's not playing well, um, you know, or a guy's playing particularly well in practice, or there is a matchup thing or something. So, you know, you don't know. I mean, at this point, it looks like Jimmy VC is the, is the odd man out, at least from the last two days of practices. Uh, but that could change. You know, Jimmy can play, you know, he's a primarily a left wing, but he played right wing for the Rangers uh, last year. And uh, he's a responsible defensive guy. He's a strong penalty killer. Uh, he's got a fair amount of speed. He's got decent size. Uh, he's got a brain for the game. So, you know, he's a guy that they can count on if they need to. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. But for but for now, it looks like he is, he is the number 13 guy. Yeah, it feels like uh, at this point, you know, now that Cooley has made the team, it pretty much would either have to be VZ or Pitlick. I, I can't imagine any of the other forwards would, would sit out, at least not with any sort of regularity. So uh, that's kind of a battle that I've been keeping my eye on. And uh, I'm with you. It, it kind of feels like throughout training camp that maybe Pitlick has just a little bit of an edge on VZ. And it's it's not even that VZ's done anything wrong. It's just, you know, there's 13 forwards and somebody's got to sit. And that's just the way it is. Um, so that'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, to, to change gears a little bit here, though, I wanted to ask you about uh, this year's you know crop of free agents that the Rangers picked up. Obviously, not a ton of cap space. They got to kind of go bargain hunting in free agency, but uh, I thought they did a nice job doing that. You know, you bring in Blake Wheeler, Nick Bonino. Uh, we just mentioned Tyler Pitlick, Eric Gustafson, who's looked good in the preseason, and uh, Jonathan Quick. Um, of all those players, who do you think is going to make like like the most positive impact on the Rangers this season? You can use any criteria. Just who do you think will uh, make the most positive impact on this group of players? Well, I think it's going to be Gustafson. Um, you know, Gustafson uh, has had a really strong camp, noticeably strong. Um, and uh, he's played well regardless of who he's played with. I mean, they, you know, he got, a, he got a game with Adam Fox. You know, he, he got a game with, uh, you know, he got a couple games with Braden Schneider. He got a game with, uh, with Zach Jones the last game. Um, and that, that last game, that third pair with Gustafson and Jones really, really had a strong game. Uh, in fact, I thought, you know, there's another guy that, that had a strong training camp is Zach Jones, um, you know, but, but the, you know, the chips were stacked against him, you know, all the way. Um, but he's, he's, you know, he's played as well as he could. And then, and he's, you know, he's made the team. I, I don't know how much he, he figures to play as a seventh defenseman. Uh, I believe he's a seventh defenseman. Um, but, but no, of, of all the, all the guys that have come in, I think Gustafson's the one that is probably going to have the greatest impact. And it's not, you know, it's it's more than just what he does from production standpoint on the ice. I mean, it's also um, the fact that he's played for, you know, he and Benino have played for LaViolette in the past. They know LaViolette well. They know his systems offensively and defensively, and they can they can help guys, you know. They can be there when guys have a question say, Hey, what about this? Or what about that? Or how do I do this? Or how do I do that? Uh, I'll, I'll just, um, you know, I noticed something in, in um, one of their practices uh, they were doing, I think it was Saturday's practice. They were doing, they were doing penalty killing work. And um, I just happened to be watching. It was, it was a near end where, where the reporters are, are stationed and he had uh, Gustafson playing on the on the power play team as a shadow guy and he just was in a spot down low where you know not where he would normally play on a power play but he was just on you know part of the, it was a penalty killing uh exercise and so he was just in a in a spot down low by the the goal post and they were going over very detailed stuff about where where players should be and where your stick should be and you know every time they moved the puck almost they would stop and talk about it and say this is what should happen and whatever 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 and I noticed that the puck came over 
to Gustafson, who was uh, again, you know, on the goal line uh, wide of the of the goalpost, and Zach Jones came over to kind of you know to guard him, and Gustafson actually used his own stick to move Zach Jones' stick to where Zach Jones' stick was supposed to be based on the positioning. So that's what I'm talking about. Here's a guy that, you know, he knows the system, you know, and he is able to help the other guys learn the system and, and learn what the coach is trying to get them to do. So I think his value to the team is is beyond what he does for himself in, in a production standpoint, but, but also how he can help other guys be better. So he's the guy, um, the, you know, who's going to give the most. The other guy I think would be Wheeler. I mean, I really don't know what to expect from Wheeler. I think he, you know, what do you have, like 17 goals or something last year. Uh, I don't know what role Wheeler is going to be in uh, right now. It looks as though he's starting on the third line uh, with Trocek and and, uh, and Lafreniere. Um, but I, I feel like he's a guy that can probably move up as needed, you know, so he could be in top six if they need him. So, uh, I don't know what kind of production you're going to get out of him, but he seems like a good guy, and he certainly is big. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yep. you know, I think that you know he'll, you know, he he figures to 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 be very helpful as well. But but in terms of picking one out of those guys, it's, it's you know I'd have to pick Gustafson. Yeah, it's a really cool story about Gustafson too, because you know technically Zach Jones is the guy he's competing with for that right. final you know defenseman right. spot there, yeah. and for him to be that selfless and you know I'm going to help this young player along a little bit here and make sure he's in the right position, make sure his stick is in the right position. That's obviously a cool thing. And with Wheeler, it's funny because, you know, I, I did a live show when free agency was beginning. And I don't know if you remember this, Colin, but that was a day that Twitter was down. Yeah. Um, it was just yeah. acting all haywire. And that so, was, like, I'm looking yeah. at the chat, <laughs> and somebody's telling me, oh, man, we, we just got Blake Wheeler, one year, 800K. And I'm like, there's no way. There, there's no way he would sign for that little. And then, lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. So, so we got Blake Wheeler there, and... Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect with Wheeler either, but to me, getting him for 25K over the minimum, I mean, he might be a little bit older now, but to me, that's that's still a risk worth taking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you, you see this happen, you know, I mean, I saw it with, with the Islanders and Zach Parisi. When a guy gets bought out from, you know, his old team, and he's getting paid by that team two-thirds of his salary or whatever, whatever the terms of his buyout uh, were, um, he can afford to take less to go where he wants to go. So, you know, you obviously decided that, you know, coming to the Rangers was a place that made sense for him. A uh, good team that, uh, you know, had a need at right wing. Um, and, and, you know, and, and he knew Truba. I'm sure he talked to you. Not now, I'm sure. I know he talked to Truba about it. And, and uh, you know, Truba was part of the recruiting pitch to get him here. Uh, and so he's here. And I think, uh, you know, he's excited to be here. It seems, you know, I, I met him introduced myself to him in the locker room a couple of days ago. And, um, you know, seems like a really uh, energetic, enthusiastic guy, who, you know, smiles a lot. And he's happy to be here. And, um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, again, I don't know exactly what kind of production to expect from him, but I, but I, I hope the best for him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I want to keep everything rolling here. I definitely want to ask you a little bit about, uh, we got some breaking news, you know, Adam Fox being named uh, another alternate captain for the Rangers. So uh, that's obviously a very cool thing for him. Uh, first, though, got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, 
and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And so, uh, yeah, going to keep everything rolling here, talking, of course, with Colin Stevenson and uh, some kind of breaking news. I mean, I don't know. Is 24 hours even breaking news anymore, the, the way that everything moves? But... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't think it is, but regardless, one of the bigger uh, news stories to break the, the last couple of uh, days here, Adam Fox now being named an alternate captain. And, you know, Colin, you're you're uh, obviously, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, up close and personal with this team and you see everything that goes on. So Adam Fox is the alternate captain. I mean, did you see this coming? And is this a good choice from the Rangers based on what you've seen? Yeah, I think it's uh, I mean, it's, it's funny. I was on another podcast uh, uh, maybe last week or yeah, last week. And, um, and, you know, the, the, you know, I was asked whether, uh, you know, who the biggest leader was uh, in the roster, on the roster in the locker room that wasn't wearing a letter on his chest. And, the, and immediately I said Adam Fox. Um, and, it, you know, it makes sense. What everybody was saying um, was uh, that, uh, you know, it's just a natural progression for him to, to get this responsibility uh, at this time, he's 25 years old. He's, uh, you know, he's, uh, what is this, his fourth season? I guess it was 2019-20 uh, was his first year. So one, two, three, four. Yeah, so he's, uh, you know, he's a, a guy who obviously is a core player now. Uh, he's won a Norris Trophy. He was a runner-up last season. Um, so, you know, he was their third leading scorer last season. Um, and so it made, you know, it made sense to do this. Now, the only, you know, in, in talking to him, the only surprise for any of us was, um, you know, that, uh, you know, it seemed like their leadership group was all set. You know, they had the captain, they had four alternate captains, you know, you could have two guys on the road and two guys at home or alternate them game by game or whatever, or mix it up however way you saw it. And it didn't really seem like <laughs> there was a need for another alternate captain. Uh, but I, I believe that, uh, you know, everybody believes that it was time that, you know, Fox has been doing that sort of stuff anyway. He's been, you know, I, I joked with him to some degree about being a, a team spokesman of sorts. Um, you know, he's he's come out there to talk to the media after some tough losses and things like that. I mean, these are, these are things that guys do who have letters on their chest. So, um, you know, he's been doing that stuff anyway. Uh, and as he said, you know, you, you like to be a leader even without the letter. Um, but it, it just made it made perfect sense that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, they gave him a letter at this time. I just don't know how they're going to rotate those five A's. There's only two per game. So, you know, two guys will wear the letter in a given game. And I don't know how they're going to do it. If it's going to be one, two, three, four, five, and then, you know, one, two, go, and then three, four, go, and then five, one, go. I don't know how they're going to do it. But, you know, that's, that's the biggest, uh, the biggest question as far as that's concerned. Maybe just pick names out of a hat. You know, it, it's funny. It was less complicated when there were six alternate captains and no captains. Cause you just do three home, three away, you know, that, that was right. a lot more, uh, yeah. a lot more even that way. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about here too, um, obviously, uh, you know, so, there was this thing with uh, Paul Bissonnette not that long ago. I wanted to ask you about this. Do you have any idea why this guy dislikes the Rangers so much? I mean, you're in you're in hockey media. He's in hockey media. Is he just playing to the crowd? Is he just trying to get people going? What's the I deal think there? he is. I think he is. I mean, yeah. and, you know, he he, uh, he he said as much to to uh, Neil Best, our, our media writer, um, where you know he he was on a conference call 
I guess with the he's on TNT. Yeah, he's on the TNT broadcast, right? So the TNT guys did the conference call, and, and Neil Neil Best, who is uh, our media writer, was on the conference call and talked to him and asked him about that. And he, and basically, he kind of admitted that you know he likes to tweak Ranger fans because it's easy to do, and you know people people lose their minds and stuff. Um, you know, but that's kind of what you know what he does. And he said, and he said, you know, it's funny because he. He was willing to say uh, inflammatory things on a podcast, and then he goes on, on a conference call with with uh, you know with traditional media, and he's kind of like vanilla, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's just part of the act. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I think I don't know if Ranger fans like him either. So you know, <laughs> that's a very yeah. valid point. Yeah. But, so yeah. it is what it is, man. I don't. I don't. I got you. Worry too much about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, fi- I figure we can wrap up just one or two more quick things here. I wanted to weigh in on something, though, because I saw you tweet something out uh, maybe like a week or two ago. But I, I guess, um, you know, somebody asked you maybe to-, to tweet when you do the line combinations to tweet the names <laughs> and not the numbers. <laughs> but, I- I- but I'm in the camp. I, I like I like the numbers, man. That's kind of your thing. It- it's different. It's unique. Um, well, are you going to stick with the numbers going forward this I- season? I- yeah. I haven't decided. I mean, I, I- – I kind of think I want to just because, like you said, it is my thing. Like, I'm the yeah. one that does the numbers. Everybody else does the names. Uh, I started doing the numbers, actually, in the, in the beginning just because it's quicker. Um, you know, I could yeah. just type it in. But, you know, the, the other the other guys cheat. You know, they, they go based off what they saw at the morning skate, and then they have their lines, you know, like uh, written out already. So, they you know, when they look at the, at the warm-up, they're just uh, making sure that what they wrote is accurate and they make changes as necessary. So they can get it up real quick. But for me, it was always just faster to do the numbers. And so that's why I started doing the numbers. And like you said, it, it makes me different than everyone else. But, it, you know, some people don't like it, you know, and and it's, it's like anything else, right? I mean, you're going to ask 100 people in a room and, you know, you're not going to get 100 people say, yeah, do it this way. You're going to have some say do it this way and some say, no, I prefer you do it a different way. So I haven't made up my mind. I do think that most people who have responded whenever I've thrown a question out to people like the numbers. So I, I – I'm probably leaning towards staying with the numbers. You know, I, I understand in preseason people don't know the numbers. Once the season starts, I kind of feel like you should know the numbers. The weird right. thing was, remember when Braden Schneider changed his number, that that took a little getting used to. I mean, like he was 45, he was 45, he was 45, and then all of a sudden he was four. Yeah, um, that, that's, you know, yeah. That came out on the field. He was 45 throughout the preseason, and then opening night he was four. Even so, now, like, like he's he's a big guy, so it feels like he should have two numbers back there. You know what I mean? Like, it just, I, I don't know. Aesthetically, I think it looks better with two numbers. But, yeah, Brain Shire's a heck of a player no matter what number he wears. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I don't know. But, you know, I, I'm still, you know, I, I still could be talked into uh, doing it one way or the other. But I don't think I am leaning towards going back to numbers. All right. Well, uh, one last thing I want to end on, and we'll, we'll take the Rangers out of the equation here. But, I mean, the season's about to start. We're – almost exactly 24 hours away here. we got a couple of games on Tuesday, uh, three games to be exact. So um, you can't pick the Rangers. Who wins the Stanley Cup this season? Who you got? Wow, wow. that's an interesting one. Like, I've been wondering about that. You know, my standard go-to has been Colorado. I think I've picked them like three years in a row, and, I, you know, I, I won once. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I kept it going for a while. But I think i got to pick somebody else this year. Um, I, I, You know, the, the two most popular selections I've seen have been Carolina and Dallas. And, you know, I like both of those, uh, both of those choices, but I would say Dallas on the, on the basis that I think they have better goaltending. So, um, and, and, you know, normally I'd say an East coast team because the travel is a little bit easier and, you, you know, maybe it's a little bit easier on your body over the course of 82 games. 
but I think um, you know goaltending is uh, is something that I prize very highly uh, on Stanley Cup contending teams, and I, I think Dallas is a better goaltender than those Carolinas. So that's that's where I'm going to go. Fair enough. Uh, I figured we could pretty much call it there, but uh, Colin, this was a ton of fun. Uh, always happy to have you back on the show anytime you have the time to do it, anytime you're you're up for it. And uh, on behalf of Ranger fans, thank you for everything you do. You know, it's a passionate bunch of fans, and we always want to know what's going on. And you do a, gr- a great job keeping everybody informed. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for saying that, and, and thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed it, and uh, you know, I'm here for you when you need me. Sounds good. We'll do this again. And uh, Ranger fans, thank you guys as always for tuning in. We'll see you next time.